Welcome to PsalmsCast. I am Denise, and today is the 27th day of December. Come on in and sit back for a spot of time and allow the living words of God to pour into your life, to banish the darkness, to nourish your soul, to encourage you to press on through these last days of this current year. Yes, 2021 has been eventful. Many appointments and challenges were the highlights of the weeks along the way. As you journeyed over these last 359 days, is it your testimony that you have experienced the power of the living God in your life? With whom did you share those moments with? Our testimony of God's presence in our life is more powerful than we can ever realize And so many people are starving because no one will light the way for them to come in and to be fed. So you are invited into today's journey to have the Lord's love, mercy, grace, and kindness poured into you to ignite a deep abiding love for the one who first loved and called you. Our journey for today takes us through five chapters. Psalm 27, Psalm 57, Psalm 87, Psalm 117, and Psalm 147. We are reading from the New English Translation of the Bible. And for those who are hungry for a bit more, at the very end of the podcast is the going deeper into the Word of God. Thought to seriously consider, are you and yours ready for Jesus to return to the earth? The last book of the Bible informs us about that time. This is the reason we are exploring the return of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, He is coming back, friends. Now is the time to check out this book of the Bible that Jesus has prepared for us. This week, we will navigate through the remaining five chapters of Revelation, the book of the Bible that does contain a special blessing to those who hear and obey. Today we are in chapter 18 of the book of Revelation. But before we head out today, let's do as we do every day and invite the Lord to be our guide. Gracious Father, we come humbly into your presence right now, desiring to draw near to you. We are desperate. We are living in a world that is so afraid And we are looking to you for comfort. We are looking to you for direction. And we are desperate to have wisdom that we can count on. This journey that we are living is challenging. We know that you are with us and that you are hearing our prayers and our cries to you. As we journey into your living words here today, spark joy inside us. Surround us encompass us with your peace, a peace that passes all human understanding. We open our minds, we open our hearts to you with the desire that your Holy Spirit be working within our life, transforming us from the inside out. So we humbly ask that you would lead, that you would guide, and that you would illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 27 by David The Lord is my light and my salvation. I fear no one. The Lord protects my life. I am afraid of no one. 
When evil men attack me to devour my flesh, when my adversaries and enemies attack me, they stumble and fall. Even when an army is deployed against me, I do not fear. Even when war is imminent, I remain confident. I have asked the Lord for one thing. This is what I desire. I want to live in the Lord's house all the days of my life, so I can gaze at the splendor of the Lord and contemplate in His temple. He will surely give me shelter in the day of danger. He will hide me in His home. He will place me on an inaccessible rocky summit. Now I will triumph over my enemies who surround me. I will offer sacrifices in His dwelling place and shout for joy. I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear me, O Lord, when I cry out. Have mercy on me and answer me. My heart tells me to pray to you, and I do pray to you, O Lord. Do not reject me. Do not push your servant away in anger. You are my deliverer. Do not forsake or abandon me, O God who vindicates me. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord would take me in. Teach me how you want me to live, Lord. Lead me along a level path because of those who wait to ambush me. Do not turn me over to my enemies, for false witnesses who want to destroy me testify against me. Where would I be if I did not believe I would experience the Lord's favor in the land of the living? Rely on the Lord. Be strong and confident. Rely on the Lord. Psalm 57, a prayer of David written when he fled from Saul into the cave. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you I have taken shelter. In the shadow of your wings I take shelter until trouble passes. I cry out for help to God Most High, to the God who vindicates me. May he send help from heaven and deliver me from my enemies, who hurl insults. May God send His loyal love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by lions. I lie down among those who want to devour me, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongue are sharp swords. Rise up above the sky, O God. May Your splendor cover the whole earth. They have prepared a net to trap me. I am discouraged. They have dug a pit for me. They will fall into it. I am determined, O God. I am determined. I will sing and praise you. Awake, my soul. Awake, O stringed instrument and harp. I will wake up at dawn. I will give thanks before the nations, O Lord. I will sing praises to you before foreigners. For your loyal love extends beyond the sky and your faithfulness reaches the clouds. Rise up above the sky, O God. May your splendor cover the whole earth. Psalm 87 The Lord's city is in the holy hills. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. People say wonderful things about you, O city of God. I mention Rahab and Babylon to my followers. Here are Philistia and Tyre, along with Ethiopia. It is said of them, 
This one was born there. But it is said of Zion's residents, Each one of these was born in her, and the Most High makes her secure. The Lord writes in the census book of the nations, This one was born here. As for the singers as well as the pipers, all of them sing within your walls. Psalm 117 Praise the Lord, all you nations. Applaud Him, all you foreigners. For His loyal love towers over us, and the Lord's faithfulness endures. Praise the Lord. And our final psalm for today is Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. Yes, praise is pleasant and appropriate. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem and gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the numbers of the stars. He names all of them. Our Lord is great and has awesome power. There is no limit to His wisdom. The Lord lifts up the oppressed, but knocks the wicked to the ground. Offer to the Lord a song of thanks. Sing praises to our God to the accompaniment of a harp. He covers the sky with clouds, provides the earth with rain, and causes grass to grow on the hillsides. He gives food to the animals and to the young ravens when they chirp. He is not enamored with the strength of a horse, nor is he impressed by a warrior's strong legs. The Lord takes delight in his faithful followers and in those who wait for his loyal love. Extol the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he makes the bars of your gates strong. He blesses your children within you. He brings peace to your territory. He abundantly provides for you the best grain. He sends his command through the earth. Swiftly his order reaches its destination. He sends the snow that is white like wool. He spreads the frost that is white like ashes. He throws his hailstorms like crumbs. Who can withstand the cold wind he sends? He then orders it all to melt. He breathes on it, and the water flows. He proclaims his word to Jacob, his statutes and regulations to Israel. He has not done so with any other nation. They are not aware of his regulations. Praise the Lord. This holiday season has been very somber for our immediate family with one family trying to navigate through COVID and another family struggling with the grief of losing a beloved family member. So the 25th was a very sober day. And yet we are all very thankful to be present in this moment, to hold hands, to wipe tears, to wrap arms around, just to do the things that we are able to do. Friends, on Sunday, we took another care package to our COVID family, and the three of them were in their Christmas pajamas, sitting outside on the driveway to greet us and visit with us. Mama Bear was wearing her mask to protect us. Our son and the soon-to-be nine-month-old sat together on a blanket. Yeah, that lasted for about two minutes before I was itching to get my hands on that little bundle of joy 
But instead, we went through the basket of supplies that we had packed, including some of our holiday meal and an oximeter, which Carrie needs to keep abreast of her oxygen levels as she does have asthma. She reports that the fatigue is almost debilitating. Just changing the baby leaves her exhausted and weak, fully aware that they are doing social distancing to keep us safe. I asked for my grandbaby as he continually tried to take off mommy's mask. We talked about the upcoming week and our Missouri visitor who just recovered from COVID. Tabby and I want to come to this house to serve this family. You know, Jesus touched leopards, and so we asked if we could come. The response broke my heart. Aren't you afraid? As Carrie was struggling to get to her feet, I offered her my hand to pull her up. She kept saying, are you sure? Friends, who would leave another to flounder when you have the ability to help? I promised that I'd go inside to wash my hands, and she allowed me to assist her to her feet. We have heard in our Psalms today that God is greater than the stuff that comes to us in this temporary life, even COVID. Our God created the heavens and He created the earth. Everything that is on them, including viruses, belongs to Him. Yes, man tinkers and messes with stuff and often makes a big fat disaster 99% of the time. And they market their failure as a mandate. And truthfully, only time will determine if that is the case of 2021. If the proclaimed solution worked as well as the talking heads claimed, everybody would be clamoring for it. Yet professionals who are sounding an alarm are silenced by having websites pulled down, their social media accounts shut down, which leads some, like myself, to ask, what is wrong with this picture? I personally do believe that a line has been drawn in the sand or is being drawn in the sand. As you are listening, there is a family of three that are fleeing from Singapore to what hopefully will be a safer haven in a third world country because the three of them are in the grouping of the 4% of the Singapore population that is not compliant with the mandated voodoo jabs. Yes, Singapore holds one of the highest rates of COVID prevention compliance with 96% of its population vaccinated. To this family, though, it's not just simply a shot or two because their child had a major injury from an infant voodoo injection. Therefore, mom and dad They're not willing to risk this precious child's life with a questionable voodoo when the child's chance of death from COVID is less than one-tenth of a percent. They sold, they gave away, or they donated their entire earthly goods, save what could fit inside of seven suitcases and three carry-on bags. They are fleeing to a country where they do not speak the language fluently, but they are motivated to learn. The Lord has opened opportunity as they have walked forth in faith, and they have counted the cost, and they have accepted the assignment. Fear is making us stupid. 
But then the word fear can also be broken apart into an acronym that stands for false evidence appearing real. That is a true definition of fear. It describes how our minds can weave together false tales of what situations will turn out. And when we are being fed daily and throughout the day a dose of doom and gloom from everyone around us, it's easy to do a slow fade into that abyss. Knowing our fears and facing them is what sets us free. If we are sincere in our desire to draw near to the Lord, we have to be truthful with Him about our hang-ups, about our fears, and ask Him to speak into our lives to break our habits of feeding on media sound bites instead of feasting on the living Word of God throughout the day. Foods such as we find today in Psalm 27, real meat that we can gnaw on for 24 hours easily, such as verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. I fear no one. The Lord protects my life. I am afraid of no one. And then in verse 14, rely on the Lord. Be strong and confident. Rely on the Lord. These truths in this one psalm are the things that Jesus taught in the gospel. Psalm 57 is a powerful resource of how to beseech the Lord in the midst of a storm. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me. For in you I have taken shelter, in the shadow of your wings I take shelter until trouble passes. Seriously, if your child, your sibling, or your bestie came to you pleading for help, would you turn them away or slam the door in their face? Think about it for a second. If we would work to help someone we love and need, why is it so challenging to believe the God who created us would leave us hanging when we are crying out to Him for help in the middle of our distress? Remember that if you just celebrated Christmas, that tiny little miracle baby was Daddy God's gift to this world that would ransom each one of us from the prison of sin and death. Jesus did that by going to the cross and dying for each one of us because He loved us and desired an intimate, eternal relationship with us today. And in that last psalm, Psalm 147, there is a very eye-opening statement that really does apply to every single one of us who have come into the family of the living God through salvation in Jesus. It's verses 19 and 20. He proclaims His word to Jacob, His statutes and regulations to Israel. He has not done so with any other nation. They are not aware of His regulations. Yet, because we have the Bible, and we are diving deep, being curious, questioning, and learning from the Lord, we, you and I, we have been entrusted in God's, with God's word, with those statutes with those regulations. I mean, really, it's truly amazing. How are we gifted these things? It's because we've been grafted into the family of God. Yes, our Heavenly Father is not just some nebulous concept. Well, at least not for me. He has become 
Daddy God, someone who deeply loves me and will lead and guide me as I continue to press in to seek Him as my deepest need. What about you? Is the light of your salvation shining for all to see? Are you allowing yourself to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to serve those who are in need, even the needs of a COVID-infected household? Maranatha Holy Spirit, we invite you into this. This really is that time where we are thinking about these kinds of things. It's actually a gift that we have this disrupted week to think about things such as this because it allows us to consider how we might finish this year strong and how we might begin a new one strong. And so we invite your Holy Spirit to bring wisdom to us. Come, Jesus, we pray. In your mighty name we ask. Amen. At the very end of the podcast, for those who desire to go deeper, we are continuing our exploration of the book of Revelation, because yes, Jesus is coming again. Today we are considering the 19th chapter of Revelation. So, our prayers. We have some pressing needs. Prayers for mercy and healing for our beloved Carrie and that her lungs will continue to stay clear and open as her body battles against this virus. Also, prayers for the Lord's protection from this virus for her husband Tim and eight-month-old Sammy. Prayers for Chen Ting and her family who have abandoned their comfortable life in Singapore to journey into uncharted territory to follow the leading of the Lord to a safe haven for their family. Prayers for Daddy Bill's daughters and grandchildren who are gathering today to celebrate his life journey of 96 years, that they will feel the arms of Jesus cradling them close during their sadness knowing fully and assuredly that they will see Daddy Bill again. Let's continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that are struggling against various illnesses, especially in the fear-saturated media coverage of COVID, especially Omicron. I want to encourage everyone and to speak life into their situation. Psalm 41, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Mark 4, 39 and 40, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Psalm 34, verse 7, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and He delivers them. 1 Peter 3, verse 14, But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Let's continue to pray. For those who are struggling, the next little bit, might be a really hard time for them as well. Every major holiday, especially like New Year's Eve where everybody's getting together at parties, there are some who aren't 
getting together with anybody. Perhaps they're feeling left out. Maybe they're feeling marginalized, angry, bitter, perhaps hurt or abandoned by those that they thought were friends. So let's continue to pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus will be enough for these to continue to breathe and to not do stupid acts that will harm themselves or harm others. On our prayer list of people that we continue to pray for every single day, waiting for the Lord to provide answers, let's continue to pray for Laura and her husband who live in Japan. We specifically are asking the Lord to continue to send faithful believers and powerful testimonies of Jesus into this young man's life with the desire that his heart will be drawn to choose Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Continued prayers about our family's future, about my husband's employment. We know that he is good until about January 16th. Beyond that date, it's really sort of up in the air. So we are just asking for prayer to be covered with the Lord's mercy and grace and that we will both experience peace and confidence in the days between now and then. Continued prayers for my mom, Judy, with her health challenges, that the Lord will give each one of us wisdom as we help her search for alternative therapies that might be better for her. Continued prayers for the Chapman family and their situation with their home in Maui that was supposed to be sold at the end of November, but didn't quite happen that way, and where they are to live in their new location. They are also traveling this week. Continued prayers for TC in Missouri as she continues to press in, asking the Lord to open her eyes, to open her ears to what He has for her future. And let's continue to pray for Bam, who is in Thailand, who is waiting and waiting and waiting for the United States Embassy Office to call and tell her when her interview for her U.S. visa is. Friends, that has to happen before she can get a visa to come and be with her husband, who is here in the United States, and their son, Archie, and then to be able to bring their three children from England into the United States. Let's continue to pray for Bethany and Parker on their challenging adoption journey, as well as that the Lord will provide very clear direction on how they are to live. And finally, continued prayers for Stella's health, her strength, and her patience, and that the Lord will be very present and very evident in Ralph's continuing healing journey. If you desire to connect with me at PsalmsCast to share your thoughts, to ask questions, to ask us to pray, or to request a Bible, our email address is psalmscast at gmail.com. If you prefer to call or text, the number in the United States is 470-240-1509. If you use WhatsApp, the number is slightly different. It's 1-470-240-1509. You can also make a connection 
Through social media, Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Revelation chapter 18. Revelation is often considered a book that is really hard to understand, and yes, you need a divinity degree in order to understand what is here, because it's going to happen sometime in the future, or maybe it's not, because it's filled with imagery, and it's just really hard to understand. That's what people have said many, many times to me personally, and yet I find it very interesting that the common person can read this book and have understanding because it is not their mind that is doing the understanding. It is the Holy Spirit who is unpacking it for them in a way so that they can understand it. So do not be intimidated by the book of Revelation. Jesus gave this to us. He entrusted a treasure to us. And so as we enter this book, you will find that it doesn't always move along in a linear fashion, such as Genesis. This happens, which results in this, which results in this, and so on and so forth. Just as right now, we're at December 27, and then we have 28, 29, 30. 31st is New Year's Eve, and then January 1st, we enter a whole new year. That's a linear, but that's God is outside of time and space. He doesn't see and think the way that you and I do. So yes, we've determined that Revelation, the book of Revelation, is different. First of all, it is revealing what is to come, and we know that this is a truth that was given to the Apostle John by Jesus. And we approximately know when Jesus received these testimonies and that that encompass this book, and that is described in the first chapter. Chapters 2 and 3 detailed Jesus' seven letters that were addressed to seven specific churches or locations where believers lived. Those cities have seen much change since the date when John wrote these messages down, and yet... These messages are still relevant now just as they have been in every age past and will continue to be true until Jesus returns. We have been given testimonies in the throne room of heaven and seen those who are present, which is fascinating and comforting. Then the chapters that explore what is known as the seal judgments. As each seal was opened, Turmoil happened and death followed. Next were what is known as the trumpet judgments. As each angel sounded their trumpet, the earth was impacted in mind-blowing ways. And at the end of those judgments, the planet that we reside on, it will look radically different. It seems that even today, the narrative is being set into place to claim that these catastrophic events are going to be the result of our overpopulated industrialization and that causes global warming or at least that's what we're being told. Once again, we see man trying to take credit instead of repenting and crying out to the one true living God. 
in their distress. Actually, the people don't repent, and they choose not to change their ways. They continue to worship self and evil as the seventh angel trumpets in heaven. Loud voices in heaven proclaim a significant statement. The kingdom, dominion, rule of the earth has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. This is a significant moment, in my opinion. As we enter the 12th chapter, the paradigm shifts, and it appears to be an overview of things that have happened before this time. Chapter 13 introduces us to the key masterminds, for lack of a better way to state it, those who will be in power and will manipulate their will upon those who are still alive at this time. It is in that chapter that the mark of the beast is foretold, as well as the concept of 666. Chapter 14, an angel will fly through the mid-heavens proclaiming the eternal gospel to preach to the inhabitants of the entire earth, to every nation, to every tribe and language and people, and the doom of Babylon is foretold. Then the reaping begins and results in a massive river of blood of those who were slain in their sin. Chapter 15 ushers in what is known as the bull judgments, as each angel is given a bowl of God's wrath. And in chapter 16, those bowls were emptied onto the earth and untold, unimaginable happenings take place that are very similar to those plagues that we found in Egypt, in the book of Genesis so very long ago. And yet, Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet are still spewing forth spirits of demons who gather all the kings of the earth for the war of the great day of God, the Almighty. The location of that battle where they are gathered is known as Armageddon. The last chapter of last week, chapter 17, proclaimed the doom of Babylon and proclaims who the victor will be. It will be the Lamb, Christ, and the Lamb will triumph and conquer them because he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him and on his side are called and chosen and faithful. So as we are entering this chapter of Revelation, simply allow God's words to wash over you and to wash through you. Trust the Holy Spirit to help you unpack it wherever you are, be it a brand new believer or somebody who's been in God's word since you are a little one. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn personally from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Revelation chapter 18 Babylon is destroyed. After these things, I saw another angel who possessed great authority coming down out of heaven, and the earth was lit up by his radiance. He shouted with a powerful voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, She has become a lair for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detested beast. For all the nations have fallen from the wine of her immoral passion, 
And the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have gotten rich from the power of her sensual behavior. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so you will not take part in her sins, and so you will not receive her plagues, because her sins have piled up all the way to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Repay her the same way she repaid others. Pay her back double corresponding to her deeds. In the cup she mixed, mix double the amount for her. As much as she exalted herself and lived in sensual luxury, to this extent give her torment and grief, because she said to herself, I rule as queen and am no widow. I will never experience grief. For this reason, she will experience her plagues in a single day, disease, mourning, and famine, and she will be burned down with fire because the Lord God who judges her is powerful. Then the kings of the earth who committed immoral acts with her and lived in sensual luxury with her will weep and wail for her when they see the smoke from the fire that burns her up. They will stand a long way off because they are afraid of her torment and will say, Woe, woe, O great city, Babylon, the powerful city, in a single hour your doom has come. Then the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn for her because no one buys their cargo any longer, cargo such as gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all sorts of things made of citron wool, all sorts of objects made of ivory, all sorts of things made of expensive wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, perfumed ointments, frankincense, wine, olive oil, and costly flour, wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses, and four-wheeled carriages, slaves, and human lives. The ripe fruit you greatly desired has gone from you, and all your luxury and splendor have gone from you. They will never ever be found again. The merchants who sold these things, who got rich from her, will stand a long way off because they are afraid of her torment. They will weep and mourn, saying, Woe, woe, O great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet clothing, and adorned with gold precious stones and pearls, because in a single hour such great wealth has been destroyed. And every ship captain and all who sail along the coast, seamen and all who make their living from the sea, stood a long way off, and they began to shout when they saw the smoke from the fire that burned her up. Who is like the great city? And then they threw dust on their heads and were shouting with weeping and mourning. Woe, woe, O great city, in which all those who had ships on the sea got rich with her wealth, because in a single hour she has been destroyed. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has pronounced judgment against her on your behalf. Then one powerful angel picked up a stone like a huge millstone and threw it into the sea and said, With this kind of sudden, violent force, 
Babylon the great city will be thrown down and will never be found again. And the sound of the harpists, musicians, flute players, and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No craftsman who practices any trade will ever be found in you again. The noise of a mill will never be heard in you again. Even the light from a lamp will never shine in you again. The voices of the bridegroom and his bride will never be heard in you again. For you merchants were the tycoons of the world, because all the nations were deceived by your magic spells. The blood of the saints and prophets was found in her along with the blood of all those who had been killed on the earth. So yes, many times people, scholars, I don't know, they say it's hard to understand Revelation. What's Babylon? Does it really matter? Does it really matter if it's an actual place? The city of Babylon, it's in ruins today. Who knows what it'll be then? Or is it a system? Is it exactly what it is? It doesn't matter. But one thing we can know is that when destruction of Babylon happens, it happens very swiftly. And it says in here, in this chapter, in multiple places, for in a single hour, for in a single hour, y'all, that is a very swift boom happen. And God, you know, everybody just stands back and mourns that this Babylon is gone. And it is a painful passing because the word torment is used in this chapter multiple times. I think that many of us have difficulty understanding how something so catastrophic could happen that would radically change everything for us. And for those of you that are readers, I do have a book for you to consider to read. It actually is called Alas Babylon, and it is a fiction book that I believe was written in about 1959, and the author is Pat Frank. I believe that was a pen name, but it is about a a cataclysmic event that happens that radically changes the faith of the United States and the community that is spotlighted and how they survive is very eye-opening and it is something that I read every single year just to keep in mind that nothing in this world is as it seems. The only thing that really that we should be counting on and that we should be looking toward is eternity because our future belongs in eternity, in our eternal destination. And we can only get to that eternal destination by going to be with Jesus, be that when He comes back or when we leave the shell of the body, this temporary body, behind. And yes, I long, I long to be with the Lord. Yes, I enjoy everything here on earth. I love my husband. I love my children. love my grandchildren. I love doing this and representing the Lord God and pointing people that the way and the truth is only through Jesus. And if you have questions, yes, I encourage you to reach out 
to ask those questions. I might not know the answer, but I can point you to somebody who will know the answer.